all of the confusion that comes from childhood trauma, it is often very hard uh, later on to find out what your true purpose is in life. And that's the story for Cheryl, our next guest. She was living on the streets at a young age and uh, wasn't until she became a mother when she realized that there were some key parts missing in her life. And it's a beautiful journey of healing and redemption and love, love for herself, love for others that has carried her. And the answer had been right in front of her, her entire life. And she just didn't see it until many years later. Do you ever think that you're running your life on autopilot? Well, that was me for over 40 years. I was dealing with a past childhood trauma that hadn't been fully addressed. Even though I had gone to therapy and I've done different methods of healing, there was something missing and I felt incomplete. And then a couple of years ago, I realized what the answer was. My name is Lynn Ann, and I'm here to help you advance your healing to a brand new level where you can fully embrace the femininity and beautiful, sexy mom of who you are. And I want to share that with you through this podcast. Myself and my guests are going to inspire you with our stories of our healing and how we have truly triumphed after trauma. Hey everyone, it's Lynn and I am back with a wonderful guest who is just full of so much light and peace and she is going to tell us why that is and I'm really excited to have Cheryl Sosnowski here. Hi Cheryl. Hi Lynn thank you for having me. I'm very excited to join you today. I am so happy that our paths have crossed. So you also just, you know, the topic And the focus that I'm working on with my podcast, Mm -hmm. Triumph After Trauma, is, you know, a lot of my guests have had their own past traumas. And so I'd like to find out a little bit more about, you know, just briefly what you've gone through and your journey to where you are right now. And then I have a really important question about your art skills. Okay, well, um, my story in a nutshell is that I was uh, started being sexually abused when I was about three. It's actually my first memory ever in my head. And it was by my dad's father, so my grandfather. Um, And that abuse continued until I was about 11. And it was not just him, it was also a couple of my aunts and some uncles, his children, so everybody in that family, pretty much, except for my own dad. Um, When I was 11 and a half, I finally told my mom what had been going on, and her response was very nonchalant, and then my stepdad at the time said the worst thing ever that I have heard actually a lot of parents will say, and especially if they're abusive themselves, and it was, well, why didn't you tell anybody? Did you like it? And so that really planted a deep shame seed in me. And because it's, I, I just hated my body because, you know, there's a part of us that we're supposed to enjoy sexuality. We're supposed to enjoy our bodies. We're supposed to be sexual expressive beings. And when you're a child, 
child and that's woken up too soon, it's like forcing a flower open. And so it can be, that statement confused, made so much confusion in me and so much body hatred. Um, my mom was also abusive, not sexually abusive, but she was emotionally abusive and physically abusive. And that whole, all of that abuse just culminated into this deep self-loathing. And uh, the first time I ever ran away from home, I was 13. And I pretty much was in and out of group homes, living on my own, couch surfing, being homeless, um, all of my teen years until I was about 16 um, when I became emancipated and set out on my own in the world and really was able to take um, responsibility and control of my own life. Um, I would like to say that I did back then, but I didn't, <laughs> you know, I was in survive mode, but you know, by the grace of God, I say, you know, I was gifted with super high intelligence. And when I was 10, I was tested in grad school levels in everything. And they tested my IQ at school and it was extraordinarily high. And I had no home support or no one even caring about how smart I was, how intelligent I was. And right. so, you know, that was really a gift that gave me the ability to not only survive, but to have really great instincts for people that, again, by the grace of God, living on the streets for all those years and surviving on my own, I was never in prostitution. I never got into drugs, heavy drugs, other than smoking pot and drinking. Um, but I never did anything worse than that. Um, I don't know. It was just like something always guided me, had this inner compass. And I think it was just that innate intelligence or whatever it is that we all have. Um, and then I went out, you know, on my own and I still hadn't dealt with any of this stuff. When I was 21, I had a suicide attempt. I wanted to die. I wanted to die. <laughs> and, um, you know, and that's what I've, I've talked to some people who have uh, survived, people who've survived suicide. And I tell them, you know, like they'll say that's a selfish thing. And I was telling them it's not a selfish thing. It's a, it's, it's an act of desperate hope when you're utterly hopeless that you can end it. You don't have to be here. And, um, you know, again, by the grace of God, I was stopped. I didn't kill myself and I was shown the purpose of my life in a dream. And funny that now all of these later, that was 28 years ago, I did not put two and two together that what I was shown in my dream was actually my purpose. <laughs> it was so funny. I thought it was two separate things. And I've only just recently realized what it was, oh. um, which is really funny. And I laugh because I'm like, it was literally as obvious as looking for my glasses and they're on my face. And so oh my now, goodness. <laughs> and now I know to tell people, you know, if they say they don't know their purpose and they don't know what they're supposed to be doing, I'm like, look for the most obvious thing. It's really, 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 truly the most obvious thing. Um, and so, you know, I, it took me a long time to heal and deal with all of that trauma after that um, suicide attempt and even being shown the purpose and not knowing what it was that definitely planted, um, it planted a, a knowing in me that there's something beyond this, that there's something beyond this lifetime in this physical body. And um, it took me a long time to still move on after that. I was stuck in a pattern of not feeling. I literally had no feelings. I was numb, numbed out completely. I felt like I lived in a bubble and, and nobody understood me. And I never told anybody my past and where I came from because I did manage to um, get a great job. I went to college for a little while. I dropped out after I was offered a tremendous job opportunity with a big Fortune 100 company, which I took. And I worked for them for, geez, 15, 16 years until I had my daughter. And so I really was living this fake life of 
looking, everything looked perfect on the outside. Everything looked perfect on the outside. But inside, I was numb. I felt nothing. And I felt disconnected from everything. And it was very unhealthy. It was very, very unhealthy. And I was sad. I was, I was desperate. I was lonely. I was empty until I had my daughter and fell in love for the first time with something other than, well, something, period. <laughs> because I had never loved anything. And um, that really woke up a lot of stuff that stirred everything up. And then that was really what began my true journey of healing because you can't love one thing and be shut off to loving other things. It opens up, love is love. And it opened up a channel in me that I had to face and deal with all this stuff. And especially my number one fear was being a terrible mother naturally. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of harsh judgment and self-criticism and unnecessary stress that I put on myself about my mothering skills and how I was parenting and how I was mothering. And, you know, my daughter is 18 and a half now and she's freaking fantastic <laughs> and an amazing human being and loves me so much. We have such a close, great relationship. I'm so grateful. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I made mistakes, but who doesn't? Who doesn't? And well, your mistakes came from your upbringing. Right. And, and you know, we all, yeah, you're right. We all make mistakes. Yet you got to give yourself some grace that things were really messed up. Yeah. And you were just living the best way you could. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I have shared the ACEs score and I'm a nine on the ACEs. And so my daughter is a one. She comes from a divorced home. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's not bad. <laughs> I didn't yeah. crap to her that I had. So I think I did pretty good actually. <laughs> yeah. That, that is amazing. It's, it's just so wonderful how, we, even though it's so hard and thankfully that think so grateful that your attempt for suicide was stopped because now look, look at what you've done and look at who you've touched and you're continuing to touch. And now you, you know, just recently, I don't know how long ago, but you know, your purpose yeah. and yeah. you're just going to reach more and more people. I have stepped into a space of complete abundance and gratitude and flow and connection with God. I, I, it's such a place I never, ever in a million years imagined I would ever be, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> well, I, want, I want to know because um, there are a lot of listeners that have gone through similar things that you did, and some of them may not be at that place of abundance, I would love for you to tell them what, what they can do, how, you know, what are the signs? Um, I, I feel that it's really, really easy to focus on all the bad, the bad past, your, the bad finances, the bad relationships. It's so easy to focus on the bad that's going on or that was in the past. Yet there's always good around. I, I would love to know what your thoughts are, just advice that you could give to inspire those that want that abundance and don't know how to get it. Mm. Well, the first thing that started this whole journey of where I'm at now, honestly to God, was 
forgiveness. And you had shared in uh, one of your questions that you asked was about a pivotal moment that changed you, you know, that changed you. And mine was when my grandfather died. Um, we did go to court. He went to prison. Um, and he died in prison when I was 27. And when I found out the news that he died, I was really angry. And I was extremely angry because I felt like I never got a chance to ask him why he did what he did. And all of a sudden, Lynn I was just flooded with this knowing. This, it wasn't a voice. It was like a knowing in my body that just said, there is no reason why. It wasn't about you. It wasn't personal. You were an object. And that really- You're an object? An object. I was an object of right. as sickness. And that freed me instantly from feeling like there was something wrong with me. Mm. There was something that I did, that I was a victim <laughs> of this, right? And that led me on this questioning of, wow, well, if he did that to me and his own children, what must have his childhood been like? And I can't even imagine. I don't know, but it must have been hell. And because these things are passed on from person to person and generation to generation, and no one deals with their pain. And um, that really freed me. And I was able to honestly have compassion and forgiveness for him. And with that, I was able to let it go and begin my own journey of healing. And because when you stay stuck in ruminating and in thinking of that pain, you just create more of it in your life because we are creative beings. We are creators and we create what you think about, you bring about. And when you're constantly thinking about pain and being stuck and lack and mm -hmm. don't have, you just create more. You create what you fear. You create what you don't want. And it was really a slow turning of mindset. And so I began to learn mindfulness um, and that came from stemming from having basically a nervous breakdown from being a mom and trying to be perfect and not understanding my own feelings about it. And I was stressing myself out until I was starting to have a nervous breakdown. And luckily a friend of mine recognized the symptoms and recommended that I go through a mindfulness based stress reduction class. So I did. And, um, that led me to immediately after doing that class, I found mindful self-compassion. And I went through that class and that was the first time. And I, this is what I want your people listening to know and who I've been there. You've been there. We've, you know, unfortunately the story is not unique. Um, this was the first time that I heard and discovered that I was able to speak nicely to myself. <laughs> no one ever told me that, that you could be nice to yourself inside your head. You don't have to put yourself down all the time. You don't have to be your own worst enemy. You could change that voice to become your, an inner cheerleader and just becoming mindful of how I was talking to myself. So they did this really powerful exercise where you share with a perfect stranger in, in the course with you um, something that you're judging yourself about. And then you have that person reflect it back to you and they say the problem that you're facing. And then you're supposed to say verbally to them how you talk to yourself about that thing. And so I'm like, I cannot say to this person who just said to me my, what I'm judging myself for and tell her, oh my God, you're such an asshole. You're such a, God, why are you so stupid? Why do you have to always do these things? Why are you so, you know, like that whole, like, why are you this, you're this, you're that. And like putting down, I was like, I could not say this to this woman. Wow. And, and then they said, okay, well, if you can't say it to a perfect stranger, why are you saying it to yourself? And <laughs> that was very, very 
eye-opening. And that was actually the number one thing that turned on my mind to start noticing when that voice was being overly critical and mean and nasty and hateful and spiteful and judgmental and put, putting me in the victim mode and shaming yeah, it just me. didn't give you any chance. Right. And so when I started Falling, noticing- You're down. Yeah, exactly. I was finally able to go, uh, no, you can shut up. You can go away now. I'm going to replace it with love and say, you know what? You're doing the best you can right now. This is good. Good job. This is hard. Good job. And just doing that day after day after day after day. And I mean, this was probably six or seven years ago. I started doing this practice. Um, wow. That's not that long ago. It's not. And now here I am that this voice in my head is actually the new habit voice. It's always positive to me. I hardly ever say something negative to myself. And if I do, I catch it and I go, well, I'm not going to talk to myself like that. That's hurtful. Don't talk to me like that. And then I'll say that to Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But a part of this journey also has been um, art journaling and art practice, art healing, and using that as a way of getting out what I had no words for. Oh, that is beautiful. Okay. Let's continue this on another episode um, because that is... For sure, I think this is the perfect place to stop because mindfulness and paying attention to how you talk to yourself is that's a wonderful thing to leave our listeners with. And then I want them to hear the rest of your healing journey. Thank you so much. Um, I hope it's okay uh, for you to dig deep again <laughs> and talk about <laughs> the past and, and things wow. like that because. You know, I guess you recognize that you, it's okay to talk about because oh, it's the past and you were, you were just an object, like you said. Well, and on, honestly, Lynn also in that mindful self-compassion class at the, another exercise they had us do was to, to write a letter to your past self and to recreate your childhood. And if you could recreate your childhood and have a different childhood, what would that look like? And I sat there and struggled. And at the end of it, I said, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything because it made me the resilient, strong, compassionate, empathetic, intuitive, uh, determined, loving, understanding woman that I am and, and non-judgmental. I don't look at somebody and ever judge them. I look at people and say, I wonder what their story is. And that's honestly what I think when I look at people who are homeless or on drugs or fighting or anything. I just think, I wonder what their story is. Because there's something oh, you are so lovely. You're bringing me to tears. Are you bringing yourself to tears? <laughs> A few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you've arrived and you're continuing to grow and it's such a beautiful life that you're living and Cheryl how can people get a hold of you um, you can go to my website it is createspacestudio.com and that's got all of my online classes and stuff in there you can come by my studio I have a studio space in Tempe Arizona where we do process art healing sound healing we've got massage therapists there's expressive dance all kinds of stuff to help you um, express yourself. And um, I also have a podcast you can listen to. I talk to women who, and Lynn Ann is also on there about, um, I talk to mostly women, but men also who have created lives they love because it's not a unique story. Just like our stories of pain aren't unique, our stories of triumph are unique. And 
it's for us to share those. And um, but yeah, I'm available. You can email me or and I will always be happy to reach out. Well, thank you so much for being here. And um, I can't wait to go to your studio because I'm in the neighborhood. Oh my gosh. Yes, you are. And I can't wait for you to come and paint with me. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks, Lynn You get to meet the lovely Karen Austin, who comes to us from Australia. And her childhood is quite remarkable. She shared the same property growing up as a, as a child with the local police station and the prison as well. And it was not uncommon to come across a prisoner who uh, just had a little break and there she is playing in her backyard. And it is amazing to hear her journey after having a nervous breakdown and working in the criminal justice system to being completely healed, no triggers helping other people. And I'm so just honored to have her. And I can't wait for you to hear Karen Austin. I think it's awesome that you've spent the time with us today. And, you know, my guests and I, we have been through a lot to heal our trauma and to get to where we are today. And I hope that you've been inspired. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Don't forget to share it with other women who you know are looking for some more resources to help them along their healing journey. Also, go to our website, thesexymama.com, where you have an opportunity to book a call with me where we can talk together. I can assess where you are in your healing journey to see if there's more that I can do for you. And we have a private Facebook group, which is an amazing resource for you for women only. It's called Triumph After Trauma, and I will catch you next time.